Hey ho, welcome to another episode of Tradies in Business. G'day Nick, how are you? Feeling really good, Was. You're I'm fucking pumped. awesome. <laughs> You're fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, third one in and it's still not getting any easier. <laughs> uh Welcome to Fuck It Friday. This is where Nick and I talk about whatever, just stuff that comes up. It's They're not planned episodes. I don't know if we actually plan the other ones either, but uh, <laughs> they're not planned. They're not scripted. We don't have guests booked in. Um, should we ever have a guest on a Fuck It Friday? I don't know. It depends how much they want to say the word. Yeah. If you want to be a guest on Fuck It Friday, uh, hit us on the Facebook page and we'll probably ignore you. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) How about an alternative? If you've got a Fuck It Friday issue you want us to bring up, hit us up on the Facebook page. Give us something to talk about. We'll get the hacksaw and the vice grips out and we'll pull (laughs) that thing apart. Um, How was that for a wanky tradie analogy? I reckon. You're good at those. Anyhow. (laughs) Which part of it? I'm not going to answer that way. Let's go really bad. Let's move right on. Yes, please. This is a family show after all. Actually, no, it's not. This one is not. These, are, these episodes are not for family. We probably should have warned people before we busted out the F-bombs at the start of each episode. Just Look, in case I you're listening in the car, with picking the, up the kids. But with the title, like, Fuck It Friday, nobody's really going to listen and then not expect us to say the word, surely. That's your fault for not practicing <laughs> safe podcasting. <laughs> I'm long, I'm gone. Safe podcasting. <laughs> Nick and I both have uh, got our fluffy things over the end of our microphones, so mm-hmm. we're practicing safe spitting. This is getting into really dangerous territory for this fucking Friday. No, we're talking about safety. Mm, we I, are. I don't know what you're talking about, but uh, <laughs> Nick has a hobby horse. I think she has a few in the garage. As do I. <laughs> you're going to get on your high horse oh, today? It's a very high hobby horse. Would you like me to get the step ladder? No, I can jump to this one. <laughs> I reckon you can vault oh, straight into the saddle. This one. So uh, we're going to talk about safety today. We are. It, it, I don't think that there's not a safety issue, is there? No, of course with there's not. Trades. I don't have grey hair. No, I do. <laughs> I went grey a long time ago. <laughs> no, I've got a lot of grey. I just hide it. I blame my ex-wife. It's what? oh, I blame safety on the job site. Or lack of. There you are. That, that's what we're really talking about today, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Look, it's something that I do feel super passionate about, and I'll try not to get too serious because I can get a bit ranty on this one. Ranty and judgy. Yeah, I do. But it's, but it's fuck it Friday, so you can do whatever you like. Well, I can get ranty. Fuck it. Go. I'll get ranty. Go for a rant. Let me tell you my... What's wrong with safety? There isn't any. Nobody's listening. They're not performing. They're not... <sighs> but aren't the stats saying that workplaces are getting safer? The third electrical apprentice just died on the job, I think it was last week, due to lack of supervision. That's a big problem. So third when? This year. 2018. Mm-hmm. So we're 10 months into the year. Mm-hmm. And, a and, third and that's in Australia or apprentice. Queensland? Oh, I'm not entirely sure. I'm going to say... I'm hoping you're talking about Australia. I'm going to hope it's Australia, but I'm not entirely sure. I should search that. If you, if you know the answer to that, please, please let, let us yeah. know. So I find that I find that abhorrent. I find it really hard to believe that some poor young apprentice has mm. lost their life simply because someone didn't keep an eye on them. Do you know, I, I get it to some Holy extent. I, I get how you get so busy as a business owner 
Um, I'm just going to pop down to the shop and pick up some more supplies. Can you just do this and this? And you might have done it, or the apprentice might have done it five times before supervised. But because I've got to run out, because there's not enough time after work to pick up these things, because everything's already shut, um, because I'm working such long hours, I've got to let the apprentice carry on while I do that, and suddenly there's a fatal error. I, I get oh, it. I can yeah. see how it happens. But that is an extreme case of what's happening every single day on job sites. So, so hang on. We've got so much messaging. The government has poured so much money into education campaigns and punitive uh, punishment for – that's a tautology, but um, punishment for employers that do the wrong thing, that don't supervise. Mm. The horrible – just to backtrack a little bit, the, the shit thing about that story is – uh, you know, I mean, we've had a loss of life, which is catastrophic, and the impact on that apprentice's family. Um, mm. You know, I presume they were, you know, twenty or less, or, or something. You would um, assume so. But regardless of that, you know, there's the impact on their family, but the employer, yes, apart from the, their personal, um, I guess suffering that they mm. will experience because of the responsibility they no doubt felt. I mean, of course, I, I know. Regardless, nobody is that irresponsible. But there will also be the legal ramifications mm-hmm. and the financial ramifications, mm-hmm. which I can't imagine that 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 tradie, that um, qualified electrician, will actually have anything left at the end of all of that. And that's a horrible reality of how a moment elapse in judgment can impact. Uh, so many more lives than one. So given that, like, if I went and spoke to 50 tradespeople and talked to them about safety and how important it is and everything, I'm pretty sure 49 of them would say all the right things, know how important it is. But that's, I guess that's my assumption. Are you, are you, and I'm not trying to sort of drop you in the frying pan here. (laughs) I'm already in it. But are you saying that, Maybe as an industry we're not doing a very good job? We're not. Um, Here's the thing, right? I think just about every tradie on the site every day is constantly risk assessing. I'm sure that they're seeing the risks, but they back their capabilities in a way that they just shouldn't be. And they're not getting the documentation, the paperwork, the steps in place to ensure that they're covered if something does go wrong. So here's a few examples. In my point of view as a principal contractor, it's my responsibility to ensure every person that enters my site has all of the relevant paperwork in place, has all of the insurances in place, that they have all the licensing, that they have their swims in place, that they know they have their safety data sheets, that they have their um, standard operating procedures, that they have everything in place that they are required to have for their job. But do you know how many times I send an email at the beginning of a job and ask for that documentation from that subcontractor and he either doesn't have it, won't provide it, or worst case, doesn't have a clue what I'm talking about. So something's going wrong between government, the rules, the legislation and the tradies and understanding what it is that's required to be given to the principal contractor because at the end of the day as a principal contractor you carry the balance of risk so if something happens horribly on your work site regardless of whether it's a subby 
or his apprentice or it's your apprentice or it's the owner of the home coming on site to have a look, you carry the balance of risk. That's you that's in trouble first. So if nothing else, if there's no other motivation, keeping your workers safe isn't important enough and the only thing that's going to keep you thinking about this issue is your hip pocket, you've got to remember they're coming after you. It's not insurance. It's not a given that insurance is going to pay out. Insurance only pays out if you have dotted every I and crossed every T. Insurance only pays out if every single part of that paperwork is in place. If there is a daily risk assessment, if there's evidence of that daily risk assessment, if you're doing your toolbox talks, if everybody on site has their white card, blue card, if you're a bit older, if all of those things aren't in place and the principal contractor hasn't ensured that they're in place, you are responsible. You're going to cop the fine. You're going to be the one who is sued for the loss of life. You're the one who's going to lose everything that you have. Is it really worth it? If nothing else matters to you, surely your hip pocket does. Is is that fair? Oh, that's a big question. Like I I have discouraged my young daughter, my seven year old daughter, from using the word fair mm. because Nothing in life is fair. No. Um, but I was sitting there listening to that, listening to you describe that scenario, which is which is the current reality mm. in our industry. And I was thinking, holy shit, that is that is a lot of responsibility to put on one human being mm-hmm. or a husband and wife, mm-hmm. essentially, mm-hmm. which are so many primary contractors like you and mm-hmm. the builder, mm-hmm. for other people's stupidity, lack of attention, Mm -hmm. lack of um, compliance. Like, Mm. because, you know, if if someone chooses to do something stupid, how is that my fault? It's a really good question, but it is. It's my fault. At the end of the day, if they do, I'll give you an example. Not so long ago, we were on site and we had um, two guys that had been working for us for quite some time. Generally, their safety was quite reasonable. They were, they were pretty happy to follow the rules and do what was necessary. We had a crane coming to site. The crane was lifting um, steel beams overhead, massive steel beams. And these two guys would not wear hard hats. They just wouldn't wear hard hats. I had to kick them off site. Um, they did come back with their hard hats and their steel caps on in the end. But their reasoning for not wearing steel uh, hard hats was that they felt if a steel beam fell on them that it wouldn't save their life. And they're right. It wasn't so much the steel beams we're trying to protect from. It's the a link on the chain. Mm. It, it, it's something from the top of the crane. A shackle comes off Anything. or something, yeah, and falls 30 metres on top of their head. That's right. But they felt that they only had one issue that I was trying to protect them from. And our overarching responsibility for us wasn't about the money. It's not about the money. It's about getting those guys home safe to their families every day. And I don't want to be responsible for a situation in which I haven't gone to the extreme of kicking them off site because they won't wear a hard hat. And isn't it just better to be safe? I don't understand that mentality. So... Yeah, and I and I, <laughs> so I'm a backyard tradie, right? Mm-hmm. And like, this is a really emotive question. <laughs> like all good backyard tradies, I do dumb shit in the privacy of my own shed. Of course, right? Um, but I'm I have a bit of a safety bent, so you know, every time 
Okay, I can't say every time. 99% of the time I pick up my chainsaw, right? Mm. Um, when I had my property, I'd cut some timber, I've felled trees, mm-hmm. I've done all sorts of stuff. I wear a hard hat, I wear a face mask, I wear gloves, I wear ear protection, mm-hmm. um, I have long pants and steelies on and touch wood in 20 years of using all sorts of electrical power tools and climbing ladders and all sorts of stuff, I've never had an accident. I've, I've always um, been aware of the risks, I guess. Now, it doesn't mean I can never have an accident because, no. you know, I've made errors of judgment over the years. I mean, shit, I've been in car accidents and I've busted legs on motorbikes and all sorts of stuff. But when it comes to using tools or being on even a tiny little worksite in my own yard, mm. um, I guess I think about that stuff because and, – and maybe this is because I worked in the life insurance industry. Don't hold that against me. <laughs> um, but I heard some horror stories like you, mm. um, like the story we opened with of, of the uh, uh, apprentice electrician. Mm-hmm. And that I think I've carried with me. And I just – I wonder why – a couple of reasonably intelligent guys wouldn't put on a fucking hard hat. It's not hard. And I just – is it the level of personal responsibility? Is it that they're just – I don't know. Are they too worried that they look a bit silly? I, don't, I wouldn't have thought these guys would ever worry about what they look like. But You'd be surprised a lot of us fellas are very vain. Yeah, I've had that conversation <laughs> recently. I don't oh. know. I don't know that there's a single answer to this question. I think what needs to happen – remember when the police started fining everybody for not having a net over their trailer? Yeah. So I really feel that workplace health and safety – I'm going to get a lot of hate mail here – need to turn up on a few sites and put some enforcement in place for people to start to take this seriously. Does, does that really work though? I think it does. Because I see lots of trailers in use without nets over them. And I see some with nets over them that are a cursory, hey, there's a net over it, and it ain't doing shit. I know, it's not doing and it. I, and I drive behind so many utes that have shit duct taped onto the roof racks. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, that is not going to hold that thing on, right? <laughs> I, I use I load binders every time. I don't know. Duct tape's pretty powerful stuff. <laughs> You're just <laughs> Just trying to keep in the good books of the plumbers. <laughs> Hello to all the plumbers out there. And electricians. I reckon electricians are the best. Um, you guys love duct taping conduit. The, the, the builder racks. duct tapes a fair does stuff he? under the rack. Come yep. on, no. It really does. But see, that's the thing, right? We we choose where we think the line is. Yeah, right? I, look, I do agree with that. I understand that. And, and, and we all tend to have a threshold for mm-hmm. what we think is reasonable. Look at speeding. The, the reason I bring it up is, you know, you, you talk about fining people. And I'm not suggesting that... There shouldn't be legislation and enforcement in place around this stuff. Mm-hmm. But you look at the road toll, right? Right. We have – Australia has some of the most punitive um, traffic and and I hate the word speed because it's so wrong. But anyway, um, limit exceeding fines and everything <laughs> in place, right? Agreed. There are speed cameras and mobile units and speed traps and – like, it's off the charts. People from overseas come here and they just cannot believe Agreed. the police state that we live in when it comes to speeding. And look what's happening to the road toll. Mm. Toll. Fuck all. It doesn't change. No. Because people's attitudes haven't changed. And it's not only that. It's not their attitude to speed that needs to change. Mm. It's the fact that people are using friggin' mobile phones and, you know, turning around and screaming at their kids and... Mm-hmm. Even more than that, we don't teach people how to drive properly. We don't train them. I agree on that. I can't jump in a friggin' chopper 
without doing hours and hours and hours of training with someone sitting next to me. And that's why Australia has such an amazing aviation safety record Mm. is because of our training, not because of our laws. The laws are about the training, not about the safety itself. So you're suggesting that education is what we need? I... I don't like to use that as a as a panacea for all of these problems with society or business or whatever, but have a look at what we do with the podcast and what I've been doing for years with, with the podcast and, you know, our work with tradies in business. The more you learn as a listener about business, about emotional intelligence, about recruitment, about mm. HR, about finance, the less things you fuck up. I don't know how that relates to the two guys on site that won't wear the hard hats. Because they don't. I reckon <clears throat> there's a lack of understanding about why and and a, and a disconnect between them personally and that behavior. Mm-hmm. And like you said, they're like, but if a beam falls down, mm. it's going to kill me anyway. It's like, yeah, it's not about the beam, dude. Mm. It's about the, the six-inch bolt mm. that fell off the beam and struck you in the head like a bullet. Mm. And I and I wonder if, if there might have been some lights going on in the head that wasn't in a hard hat going, oh, shit, I didn't think of that. There right? were no lights. Okay. <laughs> There's no lights and nobody home? Yeah, we're pushing it up the hill. Yeah, okay. But, but see, that's, that's the thing. Like education can change that stuff. It's, it's been shown to work in so many other areas of society. It doesn't – it's not an overnight fix. But I, I feel like, man, I'm going out. You're the one supposed to be ranting about this. <laughs> I think – the legislation is just government ticking a box saying we've done our bit and we've shifted responsibility onto primary contractors. Yep. And it's they're the ones, they're the ones that aren't taking care of their workers. Okay, and the problem with that is those primary contractors are people like me. Small business who owners. Who have um, five children to look after. Yep. And I can't afford to lose my home and I can't afford to um, lose everything I own because somebody wasn't safe on site today and got hurt. And and I just think it's a shift. It's such a shift of blame, just people shifting blame onto others. No one wants to actually take personal responsibility. It's most definitely for safety needs to change on a personal level. Everybody needs to be responsible for their own level of safety. That needs to be taken care of on a. I guess somebody's got to oversee what's happening. Sure, there needs to be a system and a structure. Agreed. But I think the drive of that system, just like it is for small business, mm. if you go belly up in business, guess whose fault it is? Mm-hmm. It's yours, right? It is. It is. And, I, and mostly, most business owners accept that as hard as that is to swallow. Of course. But when it comes to safety, I think there's a culture of it's the boss's fault. Mm. He didn't make me wear a safety hat. Mm. He didn't put a sign up that told me not to stick my hand in the fucking saw. Yes. Right, and we have this culture in society. You go jump out on the roads. You go to a shopping center. I, I notice this stuff when I'm out in public. Mm. The level of of blame shifting by sticking a sign up saying "Don't do this here. It's slippery." Yes, my wife and I love a bit of trekking and mountain climbing. Right, and we like to go to places where there's no friggin' signs because I get so sick of the whole warning, dangerous cliff edges and <laughs> slippery paths and loose rocks. It's like no shit, I'm in the bush hiking. Right, it's, it's yeah. <clears throat> but someone slips over and breaks their ankle because there was no sign on a path provided by national parks, and next minute the government's got a lawsuit on their case. That's very true. Whew. <laughs> it's a big issue. 
So I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. I think it's I think it's education, but it's education around attitudes towards personal safety. My safety on site as an individual should be my focus and attention. Responsibility. Not, and not yours. Mm. The minute I, agree. I make it yours, I'm not going to do anything about you it. You don't need to worry about it anymore. And I guess to some extent uh, with the law, they are responsible but are not enough. It turns into my fault, turns into my problem. And because I didn't, you know, I can't be on site 24-7. I can't be there to police them constantly. Well, we all know you can't make humans do things that are good for themselves. We can't make people quit smoking, drinking, speeding. We can't make people learn more about business. We can't make people parent their kids better. We can't make people stop eating crap and dying at record rates from obesity and heart disease. Like human history has shown that making people do stuff does not work. No, it doesn't. And yet somehow we have this deluded idea that contractors can make employees and subbies do stuff for their own good. Probably the hardest sector of all to make do anything. <laughs> and we're going to put it all on the principal contractor. Now, I, I, I accept that there are some contractors doing some dumb shit and, you know, they should be punished. Running, you know, providing unsafe workplaces, uh, you know, circular saws with, with guards that don't work mm-hmm. or that are jammed up. Like there's some fundamental stuff that needs to be provided by contractors. Agreed. And by workplaces. I absolutely agree with that. Um, but I think, you know, like everything in life, I think the pendulum might have swung a bit far the other way. Look, I totally agree. I don't think it's ever okay that one person carries the balance of risk. There's never a reason for that. Hmm. I'm going to loop back to the to the apprentice, and like it just it makes me sick to the stomach to think of some young guy or girl who's lost their life because of a simple little choice. And not to point the finger at anybody, but I just and I I don't know the specifics of that case or or really a lot of other cases where people have died on work sites, but I just wonder like what was the decision process? What was the chain of events that led to probably a small choice and a little oversight? where, you know, perhaps a, a mains switch wasn't turned off before the work was started or, you know, an earth wasn't done properly. Like, I just wonder what was missing that led to that. I don't know. I just get so stuck myself in the fear of it. You know, I, I've got two boys that are running into trades next year and I'm terrified as a mum. Is somebody looking after them? Are they going to get home safe? Are they going to be all right? One of them wants to be an electrician. I don't know how those problems arise and I think they really generally are a small lapse in judgment. I I don't know. Nobody sets off to go to work to do something stupid that means that somebody dies. No. So it's a small lapse in judgment at some point during a day that has this horrible end. it's, It's just heartbreaking. So I've managed to hijack your conversation. <laughs> I don't feel so cranky anymore. Safety, <laughs> uh, and I didn't mean to make it so melancholy, but um, I don't know. I, I I don't obviously have the answer, and I'm I'm you know there's people smarter than me that have tried to figure this out that haven't worked it out. 
I want to hear what the tradies think. I want to hear what your opinion is. Are you a subbie working for a principal contractor? Do you have your swims? Have you done your swims? Do you know what I'm talking about when I say swims? Because <laughs> plenty don't. And that's okay. Let's talk about it. Why don't you know? If you do know mm. and you do have yours in order, why do you have them in order? Is it because it's expected by your principal contractor or is it because you were taught at some stage and you know that you need to have them in place? Mm. Hit us up. Let us know. We want to hear from you. Yeah. Give us the answers. Mm. Still my head in. <laughs> <laughs> Help save us from safety. Uh, thanks for listening. As Nick said, uh, we want to know what you think. Head on over to Facebook. Go to the groups area and uh, just type in the search for tradies in business if you're not already a member. What? Why not? <laughs> Why are you not a member of the tradies in business group? Like it's the best group for tradies in business on the whole of Storkbook land. Um, <laughs> that was a bold statement. Wasn't it? But uh, apply to join, answer a couple simple questions. We vet everybody that joins the group to make sure they're legit tradies or tradie supporters and that they're not spammers and fishers and trolls. Um, join up and tell us what you think. What is going on with safety? Have you seen some some scary stuff? Have you been on the receiving end of some draconian stuff? Like, let us know. Please. All right. Talk soon. Bye-bye.